going on there, turds? My name's Dr. Drew with the Making Motivation Podcast. What's going on with you folks? Tell you what, today is the 12th of December, 2022. And today was a pretty good day. It was a little zany. A little zany. I'm prepared for every contingency, let me tell you. I'm prepared for every contingency when I come into this world in the morning. Had a good weekend behind me. Did some fucking major gym time. Spent a couple hours both days walking around, run walking, treadmills, fucking... Ellipticals, goddamn upper body, lower body, stepper mechanisms, whatever the fuck that device is. Goddamn rowing machines doing a fucking challenge. Ten minutes, I'll knock it out in nine thirty, nine minutes and thirty seconds. I'll knock out a a two a two thousand meter row. I'm gonna improve that yet. Did some breathing. Did some eating. Had a really nice Mexican cuisine at Plaza Azteca, which I do endorse. It's down there in Plymouth Meeting. That's usually our go-to. It was extraordinary. I get the quesadilla de mar. Quesadilla del mar. All right. Shrimp quesadilla, basically. Whatever that Mexican cheese they have in there. They, they you know pan fry that quesadilla, get that cheese melting, some onions in there. Tableside guacamole from our guy Inissimo. He's this little guy who wears a fucking mask and walks around with a little cart of avocado. He's, that's what he does. He just makes tableside guac. That's his sole job. I'm sure he has another job, but yeah, I love this guy. Probably makes some decent money and tips. Good for him. He does a great job. Our waitress, her name was um, Crystal. She was fucking unbelievable. So efficient. All business. You need anything? Can I help you? How's your food? You want any apps? You want anything? Just very, very good. Very efficient. We gave her a compliment and a good tip. I would have tipped her more. My wife gave her just above 20%. So I probably would have given her 30%. Easy. Just to try to make her day. 50%. Fuck it. A good meal is one of the truly awesome things in this in this life. And service to match out. It's fucking unbelievable. Speaking of, I'm passing this new spot. Fuck is the name of it? Come on, I know you're right up here. What's the name of it? Las Fridas. Las Fridas. That place is good too. Really, really good. I like to get a little huevos rancheros from that sometime. Alright? Little Mexican style eggs, little burrito, breakfast burrito. Scarfing down some water. I'm heading home after a pretty busy uh, day. It was a little zany, as I mentioned before. We got a lot of folks just like missing their appointments, canceling, rescheduling, 
people getting sick, people with Cyrus the virus. Not not any cooties lately, but some all kinds of shit, man. It's that time of year. People spending more time indoors, spending more time together. People are dirty motherfuckers, so we pass things along to each other. We've always done that. Can't run, hide from the shit. So, so far, so good for the O-bursts. Hope everybody feels better. Also, there's that frenetic sort of quality to the holiday season where everyone is just go, go, go. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I mean, I got, I got to be here. I got, I still got to do some Christmas shopping. I got to stop at the fucking bank for this. I got to do this, that, and the other thing. Where are you going for holidays? Oh my God, it's only two weeks away. It's like in every, in every holiday movie. It depicts like that race for Christmas. Are we going to pull it off in time? Will Santa make it in time? Santa, I don't. Hey, I don't know if you knew this, but Santa, his um, genealogy, his nationality, he's actually um, he's North Polish. <laughs> hey, you know what kind of freaking uh, his sleigh? You know what kind of sleigh? The little motorcycle sleigh he rides. It's a uh, Holly Davidson. <laughs> hey, you fuckers. How about, uh, you know, you get your hands all dirty after working on uh, people all day. I like to clean my hands off a little bit with a little sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bogey. Everybody loves Bogey, right? He ate like half of the ornaments on the tree. Woke up this morning. This fucking tree was ransacked. He looked at me with those beautiful puppy dog eyes. And uh, now he's got tinselitis. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I think I've exhausted my holiday joke. I'm gonna I'm gonna rally though. I'll get some good ones. Always some colorful characters, always some lively conversation. Um, let's see, what do we got? Talked about some of the UFC fights over the weekend. We have our blood bastard, Paddy Pimblet. A fucking Paddy the Batty. He fucking narrowly won on a decision that was an unpopular one at that, you fucking bastards. Shut your faith. You fucking bastards. And, uh, talked about that prison release, the prison swap. That's in the news still, you know, people not sure what, uh, how they feel about this. Alright, I'm going to stop real quick. Hold on, hold the phone, hold that phone, just one moment. <laughs> okay, I'm back. What else is going on? Let's see. Uh, news ticker, it's always a dangerous topic, but holy shit. What? Fucking Elon Musk saying things. Takes over Twitter. What kind of fucking idiot twink takes over Twitter, by the way? A social media company. I think it was a bad move for him. And, you know, I've mentioned on many occasions, I've fucking slobbed all over that knob that is Elon Musk. I, I feel like he's a fucking really smart man. And he's got guts. And he wants to do things that are that actually benefit mankind. Well, 
sometimes it's hard to see, hard to perceive how the benefits will manifest. I mean, how does it benefit? Is it smart? Is it sensible to want to colonize Mars? You know. But he's got a company, it's called SpaceX, that freaking made a rocket, among other things, created a, a, re, a landable rocket, reusable rocket fuselage, right? So you can land that fucker back on a platform on the ground and at, out at sea with precision and use the fuselage again. That's good. That'll help us, you know, explore the outer space and, you know, no doubt countless experiments will take place. He's fucking guys moving a shaker, you know? He's he's big he dreams big. He uses his mind to do cool things with technology. You know what else is he doing? A solar company, big into big adopter of solar. He's um he created this uh forget the name of it, but he created a satellite. Uh, satellite Wi Fi, which is the way that you know, in like, for instance, Ukraine, the Ukrainian army, um, their ability to communicate owes they owe that to Elon Musk for creating and offering them this technology. Um, he's doing a fucking boring, a boring company where he's digging tunnels under. Las Vegas or LA or something. Like, he just, he's got a lot of fucking smarts and he's got a lot of money and he is doing things that he thinks will make a difference. The social media thing, what could he be trying to do? Why was, why would he do this? Why would he take over social media for billions of dollars, $40 billion or something like that? Take over an, what most people feel is an overvalued company that is, you know, full of controversy. You gonna make this good? You gonna make good on this? Is there something uh, that we don't? Oh, the, the average person doesn't appreciate how how this social media company has such value, where they seem to have failed to adequately monetize it. You know, like the uh, aside from sponsors and things, uh, the company was didn't seem to be making a shit ton of money. That's why we're talking about like a subscription service. Anyway, well, I hope um, it'd be interesting to see what he will will do <clears throat> to make the con- the company better, or is this going to just going to be uh, you know forty something billion dollar loss because he's he's laid off workers, people have walked off, he's lost some of his best and brightest assets, you know, to the com- for the company. Um, People are talking. He's talking all kinds of shit about the way t- Twitter had been run. Right? And um, he, he, I guess over the weekend, he was in San Francisco. Dave Chappelle did a concert, like to 17,000 people, and Elon Musk walked out and Dave Chappelle said, hey, you know, say hello to the richest man in the world. And like 80% of the audience 
is reported to have booed him. The people he's losing popularity when somebody has such a big name like that, such a big innovator. It's like you're the fucking the Henry Ford of your time. You know what I mean? It's like you're or Ben Franklin or whatever. And you're losing popularity. Your your ideas will lose popularity. Your exposure. I mean, it could could or could not retain its popularity. I don't know. Say that bad news, any sort of publicity is good publicity, right? But, you know, I looked at, I have a little bit of stock in Tesla, and of course, the company's been very successful, and it's made its investors a lot of money. And you can see that it's, when he fucks up and says things or does something unpopular in on social media or in the media as perceived by the con- the uh, consumers, us. His stock goes down. People are unsure. Wow, this guy's running this company. He seems to be making some sketchy decisions lately. You know, he's buying social media companies. He already had a successful electric car business and all these other things going on. Has he bitten off more than he can chew with the social media company? purchase, and is that, where is that going to get him, you know what I mean, so, um, it's interesting how that happens, you know, so he got booed off a stage in fucking San Francisco, I wonder how he will, what he'll do with that, you know, that criticism, what, what will he chalk that up on as, what is that, what is how does that make him feel? Obviously not very good, but uh, I wonder, you know, what how he what calculations go on in his mind when seventeen thousand people boo you? Or a healthy percentage of that boo you, denouncing your, you know, the shit that you got going on. It's interesting. You got that fucking anus hole, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She said something at a recent, like, speaking engagement for young Republicans. She said something like, yeah, if I would have done the, if I would have been in charge of the um, January 6th protest, it would have been armed and I would have succeeded. White House denounces that. Says, I mean, I think that's very irresponsible. Very irresponsible. That sort of rhetoric, as they call it, political circles. Those sorts of conversation statements are very irresponsible. Those are things that inflame people. You know, you say something like that, the White House denounces it, and then the people that make statements like that, they make even stronger statements, or they continually push the the envelope on on that sort of talk. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, any opportunity where there's a protest or something like that, it can turn violent. You know? And people will do stupid things. You know, she says, oh, well, people threatened, uh, you know, the, the left, the you know, Democrats or the left has made threats of my life and people have been arrested trying to, you know, hurt me, or kill me or whatever. Well... 
you live by the sword, this is this is what happens, you know. And this, if you talk shit like that, somebody's going to come back at you, and they might be crazier than you. You know, that's a complete possibility. I used to have a brother-in-law. Guy was a complete fucking Peter, and uh, we got into some frays a few times, mostly verbal. But usually under the influence, he would <clears throat> try to, like, bully me. He was 20 years my senior, and, you know, he's fucking about five foot tall. Little meatball of a guy, but he had a big mouth. But he was crazy. So I would, I could have beaten the living shit out of him, you know, on any day of the week. But there, the price for that... The price for escalating the the, uh, the the situation would be that the guy would show up at your fucking house every day. You know, he'd, he'd come out of a fucking restaurant, he'd beat you with a stick or something like that, or run you over with his car, or shoot you or something like that. Very unstable individual. There are unstable individuals in our society like that. So, if you live by the sword, if you don't try to de-escalate situations, if you don't try to be reasonable, you're going to find yourself in unreasonable circumstances. So that's what people like that Marjorie are doing. They're getting themselves in trouble, and they're also getting other people in trouble, people that would align with them, that think that 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 sort of rhetoric is reasonable, and that, oh, wait a second, you know, uh, I I was ashamed because of the way that, you know, there's all this investigations. Maybe we did take that thing too far on January 6th. And then now they're like, okay, fuck it. You know, the gloves are off again. You know, yeah, I'll fucking get them. You know, people get aggressive. They start thinking about doing crazy things. So <clears throat> cooler heads prevail. That sort of divisive, aggressive, unreasonable talk is all that's bad in the world, especially around the holidays. Let's see what else. Got about seven minutes till I pull into the driveway. So other shit that's in the uh, on the ticker. Interesting about that Brittany Griner uh, prisoner swap. She, uh, there's some footage, apparently she, you know, shook hands or, you know, greeted the other prisoner being swapped out in a friendly way, you know, obviously she don't know anything about him or care necessarily, like she's probably thankful that she's getting boost, boosted, and so was he, after 10 years in the lockup, they're happy with their circumstances with the trade, and when she got on the flight home, uh, people ask, you know, do you need your space? What do you got? And she said she wanted to talk. She really wanted to communicate because she was, you know, been, everybody's been speaking Russian. I'm sure she's probably fluent in Russian by now. But um, <clears throat> she wanted to talk to people. And you know, she's very gracious to everyone. She went up and down the aisles and, and said, you know, thank you to everybody who's involved, you know. And as stated, I'm sure she'll, she'll write a book tell about her, you know, her experience, and hopefully that'll help people. Now, one of the things that I did see today, and I, I honestly wasn't sh- I didn't know, I knew that she was in the women's NBA, 
and obviously a very good player and all that, but <clears throat> she was a fucking two-time Olympian, man. She was, you know, she was a two-time Olympic champion. So, you know, she, she wore the stars and fucking stripes and represented our, com- our country abroad and, and successfully. So, she's a fucking Olympian, you know, does, does that mean something different? She's not just a superstar athlete. She's actually a fucking, you know, she rep- she stood for us. She represented us in the big game against the world, you know, where we can actually compete in athletics um, rather than fucking shooting guns at each other and blowing each other up, right? That's how we can compete, measure each other up. Does that change anything for people? You know, she's a fucking Olympian. So, I'm sure she's a good person. I'm glad she's free and home. And, and I'd like to, I can't wait to hear more about her story, her experiences. You know? Stupid for fucking, you know, carrying a vape pen, weed, or any contraband in a country like Russia. Somebody, your handlers, your coach, or somebody just said, fucking don't do it, my friends. You're going to get, you know, you got locked the fuck up. Lesson learned. Majorly lost some cool points there, even though it's a stupid ass infraction. <clears throat> okay, what else I got? So I spoke to my friend, the coach, a little bit more this evening. Um, I love this guy. He's so fucking insightful, so kind, so helpful. And uh, we talked about. Among other things, he said, you know, you know, your son is developing. I, hey, I don't know if I shared it with you guys. My daughter, she won the fucking, um, she got, we got an awesome email from her, uh, one of her teachers, her social studies teacher, end of last week, that said, you know, Lily's, she's got an A plus in my class. She's a great person. She's, you know, really thriving and managing, balancing all this, and that's, difficult to do, so I just want you to know you're doing a great job raising your child. Awesome. And then Sam got student of the month in the last week. I thought that that was wonderful. Great news to hear, you know? Somebody, that's not like an academic thing, it's like somebody said Sam's a good guy. I'm going to submit him for student of the month. Because he told me he's been helping them playing football and gym, and he always makes sure that there's one kid who really loves football that when he he's in, he's uh, got special needs, and so Sam will, you know, he helps him score and perform well and, and all that shit. He's got a big heart. And so he saw that, took notice, and put him up there. So I think that's awesome. Um, one of the the coach said about like children's development, he said, you know, we talked about extensively about that. He said, the pathway to success is not linear, right? Everybody wants to be like, Sam wants to be a wide receiver in the NFL. He pointed out, and I said, listen, you know, there's like 15 players in in the area that might be of a car- uh, division one at any given time in any season or whatever, in a year, there might be 15 players 
that are Division I athletes in football at a particular position. You know, that are that competitive, that are that good. You know, and the percentage, like, that these people are playing the, in the NFL, they're 1% of 1%. They're, like, fucking real special, freak, freakish-type athletes. You know? And that is their special skill. Sam, Lily, they're awesome. They're great athletes. They could be 1% of 1% if they truly apply themselves and want it to be. And there's some genetics that, would, that you know, that it, advantages that they have and some that they don't have. For instance, they're not really tall. You know, they're not freakishly built or in development or anything like that. They, they, but they, they stand a real chance of doing, of doing a sport in college if that's what they're into. If they don't, who big fucking deal, man. You know, I tell I always tell my story and everybody's got their their own version of of, you know, how they arrived at whatever point in life, what success means to them. My path on uh, becoming a chiropractor, becoming Dr. Drill, becoming, you know, teacher, realizing, trying to realize my potential, trying to do what I dream. You know, I've done a lot of things that I've dreamt, that I've wanted to do, I've applied myself. Being a Marine, you know. Coach said, well, what about, you know, some Marines? I'm sure you service some guys who were like, wow, that's fucking top-notch. This guy's like the best, you know, Marine I ever served with. I strive to be that fucking guy. And I was, I was up there, you know. I felt like I was Within my peer, among my peers, I was like, um, in my meager peacetime service, you know, I, I succeeded in getting some meritorious promotions, like competing with high-level Marines, physically, you know, weapon systems, intelligence, you know, close order drill, all that shit. It was hard. I'm proud of, of my successes and my failures in those realms. So I believe, you know, I've been a success story in some in some ways. And I think that it can it can happen for anybody. You know, whatever, wherever you're at in life, you can apply yourself and improve and you know succeed. Sometimes you don't you know you don't want to be fucking the one percent of the one percent. You know, maybe it's just yeah, there's the cost to some of these people. Look at some of these athletes, professional athletes that we adore. You know, there's a cost. You know, it comes at a price. Like we talked about, this guy Purdy, who you might have seen um, lead the San Francisco 49ers against the um, Tampa Bay Bucks, led by Tom Brady. And blow them out of the water. This guy Purdy, and he looks like a little boy out there. He's 22 years old. Fucking beat Tom Brady's team. You know, and he's humble and he looks like a deer in the headlights. He kicked ass. You know, but he was the best, like the top athlete in the state of Arizona in high school. You know what I mean? Like he was fucking really, really good. So, that's what it takes, you know. Where does that success come from? Practice, 
potential, coaching, genetics, you know. Who knows what the universe will allow if only we apply ourselves. I feel like a lot of us, we do hold ourselves back with, like, you know, I can't do that, I can never do that, I got these strikes against me. I'm a big, you know, come from behind... Cinderella story underdog type of you know, I root for the underdog as do we all um, the coach said another thing to me he said uh, you know all these things and I told him the story about the recruiter and you know how it was kind of like a wake up call and I was offended by it in a sense, um, uh, I felt it was almost like a fucking molestation, like a playing on a child's dreams and saying, hey, well, you need to be starting call, calling these coaches and doing all that shit. No, you need to work on your fucking skills. You need to be a good student. You need to be a good athlete. You need to be a good person. You need to develop yourself and really get driven to that effect. Like, if this is what you want, you need to you need to work at that, you know, you need to be fucking doing that, putting extra work in, you know, and really, really think, like, what is my goal right now, and he uh, used a a phrase that Mandy has used on many occasions, uh, external or versus internal locus of control. An external locus of control is the belief that, you know, your surroundings, your environment, um, your circumstances, that they dictate or control the situation, whether you're, you know, success or failure. An internal locus of control is recognizing that, you know, I can, um, there's a certain amount of um, control I can exert over my life by my actions by my mindset you know and that's really all you can focus on as a person of any age you know you have to dig down deep and maximize on the things that you can control As an athlete, that might be the food you put into your body, you know, the sleep you get, the training you do, the mental uh, picture that you um, focus on, the people you surround yourself with. think about the development of my children and I think about the development of the people in my life on, at every age and I want the best for everyone and I think it's a wonderful thing to do to try to hack <coughs> our control systems our efforts, our mindset, um, to work on ourselves. That's like why we're here, you know? 
we're going to watch a fucking Netflix show, you know, about the fucking Adams Family. Well, it sounds interesting. Maybe I could read a book. Maybe I could spend another hour on my homework. Am I going to play Xbox, Call of Duty, or am I going to go out, you know, down the basement and, and do a kettlebell workout? I eat a cheesesteak, or am I gonna fucking, you know, be more strict in my diet? Like, there's decisions that we all have to make every day, trying to reframe that for an adult, you know. For me, how am I gonna spend my time? Right, you know, I have many interests. Oh, I tell you, I've, I've been spending a lot of time in the gym. I I feel free when I go in the gym free of obstruction, like I can work on myself, I can improve myself, I can, um, you know, one bicep curl at a time, one, you know, step or cycle or whatever the fuck I do, those various machines, I can do all that. And incrementally I can improve myself. And I feel good. I feel primed. I feel mentally better when I work out physically. There are well-known mechanisms for that. You know, I've been I talk about podcasts that I <clears throat> I watch, I listen to, talk about important things. Yesterday, I listened to this podcast about an hour. It was on a Sam Harris podcast. Uh, Tells the name of his podcast. Anyway, he's a real fucking smart guy, neuroscientist or something. He's an author, and uh, he had some uh, contributors on there who were talking about, and in some cases debating, arguing a little bit. I call it a debate, like the state of the world based upon, um, like real, like a bird's eye fucking view about population and about the age of the population. Remember I said, um, part of my story is that the reason why I got into chiropractic is because I went to the library and I looked at a book while I was getting out of the Marine Corps before I got out of the Corps, and the book said, occupations rated for the year 2000. Well, I got out of the Corps in 1997. So I put some work in, studied my ass off. Well, I was into physical things. Well, we're gonna need a lot of physical therapists because of the aging population. We need to be able to take care of their bumps and bruises and arthritis and all that shit. That was my path. So, the baby boomers, right? Big generation, a lot of babies were born in whatever the years were. Now they're all coming of age. They've come of age. Now they are our parents, you know, senior citizens. There's a fucking lot of them. And we need to take care of them. These people are no longer, they, they, they invest, they, they, so they need care, they need services, <clears throat> they stopped working in many cases, so they um, are on a, a limited income, so they're not spending as much, they're also not, their investments tend to be um, investments that are very safe, so they're not taking risks. They're not playing the stock market. You know, that's something you do like when 
your working years, right? Because you're willing, you have time. You're willing to take risks. You want your money to mature and grow and your little nest, nest egg, if you can put that together. Um, so their, their investments are maybe like bonds or, or safer sort of diversified mutual funds, shit like that, index funds, things that there's not much downside. There's also not a tremendous amount of upside. So they're like stable investments. And so therefore, these this large, there's nothing wrong with senior citizens. I'm saying when people get older, they need more services, but they're not contributing to the economy as much. So if, if everybody's old, who the hell is going to take care of all of us? Like I'm 47 years old. And, you know, the, the, the birth rates in the U.S. have declined quite a bit. Now, in Japan, you might have heard about some of the, um, the phenomena occurring over there where people are not getting married and they're not having kids. They just work their asses off. So, <clears throat> economists and stuff like that, people are looking at this thing from, from the broad, broadest angle possible. They're looking at like what's happening in the world today with populations. They're not growing. What is happening with the demographics of the population and how that, how does that affect our society, our economies? You know, how do we support? <clears throat> That's why you have like these, you know, various ages, people that are fucking growing up and getting training up, and then they're working. You know, <clears throat> the people that are in the, in the middle class, right? That are in, out there working, holding down jobs, and uh, paying the. the majority of the taxes those taxes go to um, manage programs they contribute to things like Medicare and Social Security and all that shit you know roads bridges infrastructure etc etc so young people aren't contributing to tax tax wise all right they ain't got any money older people they have money but they're holding on onto most of it if they can because they want to be able to have a comfortable retirement or fucking get by right and then the middle the middle class people in the middle you know, the working the worker bees we're just busting our ass trying to get to the point where you know we can provide for our families and then hopefully retire someday ourselves and for many people that looks like it's not going to be as easy as it once was, right? Where you worked for one company or a couple companies and you had a pension or something like that. Not a lot of places you can do that anymore. So this podcast was about that. It was a really good podcast. It was only a, a portion of it, like a, a third of it, I think. But these guys were really, really smart. And, you know, it was an interesting podcast. I, I've heard about these notions about population demographics and, and how the world is <clears throat> changing like that. Um, another thing that they talked about is, like, America, we used to, post-World War II, we had this huge um, military. And, you know, we, we had a huge navy, and the navy allowed us to patrol the globe and... You know, basically, 
ensure that all the resources that we had, like we were protecting our investments. <clears throat> People wonder why we don't just mind our own business, right? Why are we why are we being the world's policemen? Well, you know, that has declined, even though we still have a giant uh, military by most standards. Um, people do not want, the population has not wanted us to continue being this huge military presence around the world. And so as the, as other economies grew and militaries have, um, have, you know, tried to compete with the United States, we have kind of, our society has changed militarily. And so we don't have as much power as we once, as we once did, once did. We don't have all the chips and all as much influence as we used to. We still, you know, we're still strong and everything, but um, we can't just behave with impunity. You know what I mean? Courtesy our victory in World War II and and probably um, dropping the fucking bomb on Nagasaki, Hiroshima. And people are like, I don't fuck with them. They're crazy. It's like my former brother-in-law. You know, fucking, you're trying to have a fair fight and these guys are, they were slugging it out and fucking, in the island hopping campaign and in the freaking, in the European theater. And these guys are dropping, they'll drop a fucking bomb on your cities, kill, you know, not only your military, but citizenry too. So, So very interesting. Some disparate topics covered on this evening's podcast, but hey, I did one. So, I'm tired and I'm hungry. And I want to see my dog, my wife and kids. y'all. I wish you a wonderful holiday season here as we drive headlong into it. I just want the best for everybody, especially all you listeners. All right, love and respect. Tomorrow's another day. Kick ass and take names. Huh!